about a month ago, Karis, my daughter, who's about to be 15, which is insane, she was studying for a math test, I guess, you know, a finals or whatever, and it was a Sunday afternoon, and I said, um, you need my help studying? She was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. And I was like, well, just let me see what you're working on. And um, I've never seen this stuff in my life. I like, I'm, I'm never, like math is not my thing. And so I was like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll be praying for you. And um, <laughs> so the next day I called her, cause we, we, we talk on the phone every day. And, and I said, uh, that was, it was Monday night. And I said, how do you think you did on your math test? She said, oh, I, I know I did good. I was, and I was like, well, that's pretty confident. Like, she said, oh, no, 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 I already know my, my grade. I said, well, you wanna like share that with your dad? And she said, I'm at 102. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, well, baby, I, if you added up like six of my math tests when I was your age, I could make a hundred, like, I was like, you made 102. And I said, I said how, how, did you, how do you know your grade so fast? And she said, well, dad, you can just go online. You just see all the report things online. And um, I, I guess I'm kind of clueless, but apparently to, in today's world, as a parent, you can, you can do that. You can, you can go online and see how your, your child did on a test or see how your child did on a quiz or see if they showed up at school. You can interact with the teacher. You can email the teacher and they'll email you back. Am I right, parents? Is this how it is today? Okay, let me pause. Thank God that didn't exist when I was in school. <laughs> I started thinking, I wouldn't be alive. Because when I started school, listen, I'm a little old, okay? You got report cards every nine weeks. So for the first nine weeks of the school year, I was golden. After that, no TV, no Atari, hello. No, no like none of that. Like it was, it was crazy. And I was, I was, thinking, I was thinking about that. And, and, and it caused me to think about the fact that I found a, a stack of my old report cards not too long ago from first, second, third, fourth, fifth grade. And they all said the same thing because the teachers could write little comments. And they all said, Perry is disruptive in class. Perry daydreams in class. Perry did, listen, I, I set a record in the first grade for the most paddlings at the school that I went to because they, they paddled children back then. Today we affirm them, but I got paddled, all right? So, so <laughs> I was thinking about it and I was thinking about, well, not, it wasn't only me, all my friends were like that. Kenny, Donnie, Brian, we all were disruptive in class. In fact, if you'll think about it, if you're around my age, I'm, I'm almost 51. If you're around my age, if you think back to, now I don't know how it is today, I'm just saying back in the day, it was always the boys that caused trouble. It was the, always the boys that got in trouble. It was, it was always the boys that got taken to the principal's office. The girls, the girls actually listened and they minded. I don't know how things are today. I'm just telling you, boys were always moving. We were, it, it was hard to get a boy's attention. Would you agree, yes or no? And it's not because we had ADD. It's because we're boys. We're, we're always like trying to move around and nothing can seem to catch our attention, which is why I said a few, few weeks ago when we talked about Mother's Day, it's easier most of the time for women to be more open to the Holy Spirit, more open to the Word of God. And, and people are like, is it because women are godlier? No, it's just they're more willing to listen. Now, 
I've done some scary stuff in my life. But being a dad, hands down, is one of the scariest things I've ever encountered. If you're a dad, you, it's the same thing. Moms, you get, you get an adjustment period, nine months. You're with it every day. Dads, we show up at the hospital. He or she pops out. They take it out and put it under that french fry warmer, right, to get it all warm and everything. <laughs> and then they, then they give it to you and tell you to take it home. And it's scary because nobody knows what they're doing. I, as a dad, I don't know what I'm doing. And in fact, not just as a dad, but most of the time in life, as a pastor, as a husband, as a friend, most of, I, I, I'm making it up as I go along. So if you're here today and you're, 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 you're facing a difficult decision or, or you're in a situation where you don't quite know what to do or you're in the middle of a situation that you never thought you would be in and you're like, Pastor, what would, what would be your advice? I'm gonna tell you what, what's worked for me has worked, worked for every single person that I know that's made a great decision and it's this. Listen, listen to the voice of Jesus and do what he says. You won't screw it up. It won't be easy. In fact, sometimes it's, it's the toughest decision to make. But if you will listen to the voice of God, and by the way, he speaks as clearly and as loudly today as he ever has, if we will just listen, I promise, I promise, I promise he will lead you. Maybe not in the way you wanted to go, but in the way that's best for you and, and me and us. Let, let's, let's, let's talk about, on Mother's Day, we talked about Mary. And Mary is in her house one day. We don't know what she's doing, but y'all remember the angel showed up and told Mary, you're gonna have a son. And she's like, well, see, the problem was, like, I, I'm, I haven't been with a man and, and the angel said, well, you know, the Holy Spirit's gonna take care of that. And she went, well, all right, I mean, I'm, I'm, I usually follow the science, but I'll follow the Spirit on this one, all right? And so, so the angel tells Mary this story, and Mary's pretty excited because if you had an encounter with an angel, would you be excited, yes or no? Yeah, so the, probably the first person she wants to tell is Joseph. So she runs to Joseph and she says, Joseph, you're not gonna believe this, but I just talked to an angel. Joseph's like, just talk to what? An angel. Okay. Joseph's thinking, oh my God, she's hot and she's crazy. <laughs> Y'all seen the meter, right? The hotter they are, the more crazier they could be. I'm just saying. <laughs> yep, man, an angel. What'd the angel say? I'm gonna have a baby. Okay. Okay. Um, who's the daddy? The Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So Joseph, Joseph made a decision. And, and we can't get mad at him because we would have probably made the same decision. This was his decision. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Oh, it's done. He didn't, he wasn't like, he wasn't blowing up Instagram Oh no, dated a hoe. 
she gotta go. Like, like, like that's, I just made that up. That wasn't even in the notes. I don't even know where that came from. Dear God, help us all. But I ain't wrong. Don't get mad because I ain't wrong. He, see, the Bible says he did not want to disgrace her publicly. Technically, according to the Old Testament, he could have had her brought in front of the village and, and, and killed, like stoned, like not Colorado stoned. I'm talking like Old Testament where they throw rock stone. So, so he could have, he, we can all agree that Joseph was about to make an unwise decision, but he didn't know what Mary knew. He had not had the same experience that Mary had had. And, and if, we're, if we were to give Joseph some advice, we would all probably tell him, man, I, don't, I, I would do the same thing. But then all of a sudden, Joseph did something that he's gonna, we're gonna see it all throughout his early life. He listened, watch what happened. As he considered this in Matthew chapter one, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Pause, this is good, right? Because who appeared to Mary? An angel. So you got an angel appearing to Mary, you got an angel appearing to Joseph. What's the difference? It's very simple. In a dream. Why, why did the angel appear to Mary just in everyday casual life and appear to Joseph in a dream? Here's why I think, because he's a man. Men, men can't sit still and shut up long enough. We, we're always moving. We're always working on something. We're always fixing something. We're always going, we, we work, and then we come home, we do work, we work, and work, and when God's like, I just, just, okay, get, just, he's gonna, he's gonna stop in just a minute. And when he got to the place where there was nothing going on in his life, God said, now I'm gonna speak. Hey, I, I know this from personal experience. Sometimes God has to, sometimes none of us are gonna, sometimes we just don't listen to God unless we're flat on our back. And, and by the way, that's like, I'm open to God when I'm flat on my back, but I don't want to be that, that to be the pattern of my life. I go out, screw my life up, blow it up, flat on my back. Okay, God, what do you want me to do? All right, I guess I'll follow you now. And we follow until things get good and then we blow it up again. So, so Joseph, Joseph was, was, was flat on his back. He was quiet. He was still, he was at a place where he could listen. And when he listened, watch what happened. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Now, aren't you glad Mary wasn't there? Cause she'd be like, I told you, I told you it's from the Holy Spirit. You didn't believe me, call me a hoe, threw it on Instagram. Now we're gonna see what's about to happen. But, but watch, watch what else happens. And she will have a son. Same thing the angel told Mary. See, let me pause real quick. If you're a married couple, God's gonna lead you to the same place. God wants you on the same page. It might not happen at the same time. It might happen in different ways. But God's goal is to draw you together, to draw us together, not make us argue. 
Watch this. You, you, you are to name him Jesus. So by the way, that's the same name the angel told Mary to name him. They agreed on the baby name. For they will, for he will save the people from their sins. All of this, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. Well, that happened. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Now, two things I want to point out before we move on. Number one, Joseph listened to God. This got me in a little trouble last service, so I'm going to say it again. One of the reasons he could listen to God is because Mary kept her mouth shut. Do I need to talk about that a little more? In the last service, there was a guy sitting right here. He went, yes! <laughs> Ladies, listen, listen. I, I'm, just, I'm just saying this, just hypothetically. Let's say God spoke to you, and, and you want your husband to be on the same page that, that you're, you're on. Mary did not nag him into following God's will. I don't know one single man what got you to follow. What, 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 what was it that got you to follow Jesus? My wife wouldn't shut up. She nagged me so much. I was like, man, this is what God wants for my life. Mary could have actually driven Joseph away from God had she kept on. But you know what I think Mary did? I think Mary talked to Joseph. He didn't buy it. So Mary prayed. Mary, I think Mary prayed a two-word prayer. Get him. <laughs> Ladies, what will happen? What will happen? If you didn't argue with your husband, if you wouldn't try, you just said, get him. Because you know God can accomplish more in five minutes than we can accomplish in, 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 in like five years. So the second thing that happened here is Joseph was about to make a bad decision. This, this, this is like, here's the opportunity to pretty much be the stepdad of Jesus. He's not the real dad. He's the stepdad. He almost walked away from this. But then God, how many people in this room are so thankful that there's been a time in your life where you were about to make a bad decision and God intervened and said, nope, we're not going. I am so thankful for a God that doesn't always give us our way. He told, he told Joseph, nah, man, you, you're going to stick. Mary's the keeper. Mary's the keeper. One day they're going to build cathedrals after her. What about me? You're not going to, nah, Catholics aren't going to be that excited about you, but they're going to build some stuff for Mary, all right? So, so Joseph, Joseph gets married, or he's engaged. And then 2,000 years ago, I know this is going to shock you, but the government got in, involved in their lives and complicated it. I know that's shocking after 2,000 years. But the, the Roman emperor said there needs to be a census. And so if you know the Christmas story, they had to go from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Now, for, now, we've talked about this before, but just for quick review, Nazareth to Bethlehem by donkey is an hour, or I mean, a week. It's a week. Ladies, 
the last week of your pregnancy, if your husband said, we're going to go ride a donkey every day for this next week, are you happy? No. Was this tough for Mary? Yes or no? Yes. But let's not forget how tough it was for Joseph. Mary literally rode his ass for a week from Nazareth to Bethlehem. This is what happens when y'all don't let me preach for a month. This is what happens and what you get. So it's Joseph, like, we, like when he gets to Bethlehem, Joseph is like, oh, I got to. And then he didn't book anything on Airbnb. So when they got there, there was no room. And the Bible says they gave birth to Jesus in like pretty much a barn. Some people believe it was a cave. It was nasty. And then after they give birth to Jesus, the shepherds show up. Now, listen, I, I love the Christmas story, but the shepherds were dirty. They were nasty. And if you're a mom, if you're a mom, you don't want dirty men coming in and holding your baby. Listen, I thought, I thought it was crazy, but I remember when Karis was born, people come in the room, I'd be like, all right, wash your hands, and then use a hand sanitizer, there's the hazmat suit, and then we're going to spray you down, and then we might let you hold her. Like they, I was that, so the shepherd showed up, and then, and then, and then but then, sometime between when Jesus was born and when he was two years old, the wise men came. Now, they weren't there at the same time that the shepherds were, although all of our nativity scenes have them all there at the same time. Love with that crazy little drummer boy that's not in the story, but he's in the song. Anyway, so they're all there, right? And the wise men, wise men, for those of us that know the Christmas story, many of us know it well, the wise men brought gifts. They brought three things. Y'all walk through it with me. If you remember what the wise men brought, they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Okay, let's just forget the frankincense and myrrh. Although they're incredibly symbolic, I don't have time right now, let's just talk about the gold. Have you ever thought that, how much gold did they bring? I thought about that this week as my 401k became a 201k. I mean, I, I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So I'm, I'm wondering how much gold did they bring? And the, the amount was substantial. Now, I did a ton of research on this over the past few weeks, and I can't find a one number that people could agree on, but most scholars agree that it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to $20 million. Let me pause. Sorry to blow up some of your views of Jesus, because there's some people running around, Jesus was broken homeless. No, he wasn't. That's stupid. You should stop saying that because it's not true. How do you know? Well, Jesus had 12 followers. One was named Judas. What was Judas's job? He was the treasurer. You know any broke, homeless people that have a treasurer? Anybody? Hey, I'm broken homeless. What's that guy? Keeps the money. I'd be like, you need to fire him because you're broken homeless. So if you're Joseph and you kind of stepped into this thing and all of a sudden, here comes the wise men, and they drop off 10 to $20 million. Would you consider this to be a blessing, yes or no? Yeah, yeah. Somebody knocks on my door today and leaves me $20 million, I'm going to be like, I, I, actually, I would be like, who are you? <laughs> and is that mine? Because on, the, on Google, it said I got $46 million, so are you just returning some of my money? Anyway, so 
So Joseph is in this place of blessing. Like he is blessed, but, but, then, but then something happens. Watch this, watch this. Um, in Matthew 2, after the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Pause. You think he's getting scared of sleeping at this point? Oh, shoot. Get up, because God's always calling us to take our next step. Get up. Now, watch this. Flee to Egypt. Now, I'm sure when he said that, Joseph went, hold on, hold on for just a second. It sounded like you said, flee to Egypt. And the angel went, yeah, that's what I said. See, Egypt, Egypt was not a place that was comfortable for Jewish people to go. The Jewish people had been enslaved by the nation of Egypt for over 400 years. God had delivered them from Egypt. And so now God is telling Joseph, I want you and your family to step into this uncomfortable place. Do you know sometimes when we follow Jesus, he's going to lead us to uncomfortable places? People get on my nerves sometimes when they say things about God that are not true. Every day with Jesus just gets sweeter and sweeter. Uh-uh. No, it don't. I wish that were true because I'd be the happy. But you know, God will call us to go to uncomfortable places. Pastor Pete, what do you mean? Uh, God will call you to tell somebody that you're sorry. But what about what they did to me? Don't matter. God might call you to ask somebody for forgiveness. When, when, when God began to deal with me about starting this church, that was an uncomfortable place for me. I was like, no. God, I'm, I'm working in the business world now. I'm making some money. Nobody cares where I live or what I drive. God was like, we'll start a church. I was like, we'll see. He got the last laugh, didn't he? <laughs> Flee to Egypt. I love this. With the child and his mother. Don't forget Jesus and Mary. Because Joseph was probably like Forrest Gump. All right, we're going. But then, no, 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 no. Go back, get the, get the baby and the mama. Stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Which that's going to cause me to look sideways for a second, but we'll talk about that in just a minute. Watch this. That night... Joseph left for Egypt with a child and Mary, his mother. Don't miss this. He listened. And he said yes, even though saying yes put him in an uncomfortable place, even though he didn't understand everything about it. He just said yes to the voice of God. And and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I called my son out of Egypt. I'm so glad Joseph said yes. Because watch what happened after they left. Watch this. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. 
God's telling Joseph, Joseph, there's some st stuff going on you don't know about. So I want you to go to a place that's uncomfortable, but going there is going to save your family. When I read this, I was like, I cannot believe there was actually a time in the history of the world where the government would sanction the murder of innocent children. I'm so glad we progressed so much. Just let that sit for a minute. Let's keep going. Verse 19 of Matthew 2, when Herod died. We got to talk about that for a minute. When it comes to confrontation, you got three types of people. Fight, flight, or freeze. Flight, fight, or freeze. Now, here's one thing I know about you. I don't care what type of personality. I don't care what number you are on the Enneagram. I don't care where you are on the disc test. Here's what I know about you. If you are a parent and somebody messes with your child or your children, they just asked for a death sentence. You don't mess with my kid. You can say anything you want to about me. You can say anything you want to about my life, but you start messing with my kid. In fact, the last time I almost got in a fight, it's a true story, I can tell this in this church. <laughs> there was a guy downtown, he was kind of crazy. That's when I used to live downtown. He would follow me around. One time he followed me and a friend of mine, he cussed me the whole time. He's like, what's he doing? I was like, I don't know, he's just having fun. And so anyway, I was walking downtown and I, I never forget, we're walking up Main Street. I'm here. Karis is here. He's walking straight towards us, and he's looking, and he's saying something. And something, and I just went to this place. I just snapped. I said, Karis, if something happens, go in there and ask them to call the cops. She said, what's going to happen? I said, you don't need to know, baby. And some of you are like, Pastor P. What were you planning to do? That's very simple. I was going to knock him out. <laughs> That's not very godly. I know. I was going to knock him out. He was threatening not only me, but my daughter. And I was going to freaking knock him out. Pastor P, what about the church? They'd have, they'd have given me a raise and called me bishop. I mean, I'd have been fine. I'd have, I'd have, I'd have been great here. Bishop P.B. Noble. Ha! But I was ready, and don't judge me. The only people judging me right now are people that don't have a child. If you got a child, you would knock somebody out over your, or you'd at least try. You see mama saying, oh, you hold my earrings. You hold, yeah, I mean, you that's it. So, Let's go back. If I'm Joseph and I hear that Herod is wanting to come after my child, I'm like, bring him on. Bring him on. You, you going to come after my child? You going to come after my baby? You going to come after this? Come on, Herod. Bring it. Bring everything you got. Here's the problem. Joseph couldn't have handled everything Herod had. 
Herod had soldiers. Herod had spies. He had a military. He had an entire force of people behind him that was willing to do his work. And Joseph had a baby and a, and a mama. And God said, you, you need to go to Egypt because here's why, Joseph. I'm gonna fight your battle. And God's saying, in my time, I will take care of your Herod. How do you know? When Herod died, God handled the problem that Joseph could not have handled. I remember several years ago, I was in the middle of a situation and I had two choices, fight or keep my mouth shut. And I'm a fighter. I'm a fi- I have never, like even verbally, if somebody insults me, I have never lacked the insult back and it's always so good. <laughs> I have never said, I just didn't know what to say when they said that. I'm a fighter. And God spoke to me and he said, Perry, you can fight this battle or I can fight this battle. And I said, well, what if you fought the battle through me? <laughs> he says, shut up, that wasn't an option. So I, it, sometimes it's hard not to fight, isn't it? It's, it's hard not to fight, especially when something is so near and dear to your heart. But God says, if you'll go to that uncomfortable place, I will, I will fight your battle. Somebody in this room needs to know God is fighting for you. God has not forgotten you. He is fighting for you. Isaiah 54, 17 says, no weapon formed against us will prosper. We have a God who loves and fights for his children. So the thing that caused you to go to the uncomfortable place, God's gonna handle it in his way and in his time. You just keep listening to the voice of God and doing what he says. Now, Herod died. When Herod died, (laughs) an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph. (laughs) At this point, he's like eating melatonin gummies. Like he's, he's doing everything he can to try to sleep. He's like, oh. This is what the angel said. Get up. I got that part. You always want me to move. The angel said, take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So this is, this is what I want you to do, Joseph. I want you to go back to Israel. Now, this is weird because they were in Israel and then God called them out of Israel. Now he's calling them back to Israel. But some, sometimes God asks us to do stuff and listen, there's things that we'll never know on this side of eternity. That's why we got to trust him. I, I'm telling you, I have, I'm, I'm almost 51 and I still struggle to trust God sometimes. I, I do. We, we all do. We struggle to have that faith. And let me show you what the enemy will do. He does it to all of us. It's his nuclear weapon and he'll use it right before there's about to be a breakthrough. Watch what he does. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. Right before 
a breakthrough happens, the enemy will always hit us with fear. Fear, fear is his number one weapon. And Joseph's getting ready to walk back into Israel. He's getting ready to walk back in with Jesus. And all of a sudden, you know, Joseph, Herod's son, and he's hit with fear. And you know what we do when we're hit with fear? We want to go back to where we came from. In this case, they would have wanted to go back to Egypt. You know, the Israelites did that. The Israelites got set free from slavery. And about a month in, they were like, we should, go, we should just go back. We should go back to slavery. We had a good, we had pots of meat. We had all we wanted to drink. And I'm sitting there reading and going, and whips, you had whips. Did anybody remember the whips? Because I don't, I don't think the whips were awesome. But if we're not careful, we will, <laughs> it, I heard a guy say this. It took four months for, for God to get the Israelites out of Egypt. And it took 40 years to get Egypt out of the Israelites. Anytime we live in fear, we will always run back to Egypt. We will always run back to slavery. And there are people in this room here right now, you're on the brink of a breakthrough and the enemy is trying to bust you up with fear. But then, <laughs> then after being warned in a dream, here we go again. I think by this time, Joseph was like, thank God you're here. God warned him in a dream. He left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nat Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophet said, he will be called a Nazarene. Now, hold on for just a second, because when we start the Christmas story, Mary was living, when the angel appeared to Mary, she was living in a village called what? Nazareth. And then they left Nazareth and they went to Bethlehem. They left Bethlehem and went to Egypt. They went to Egypt to Nazareth. Wouldn't it have been easy just to go back to Bethlehem and just go straight back to Nazareth? But sometimes God has to take us on a journey that doesn't make sense in the moment. But when we look back, we're like, oh, he was, he was there the whole time. He had, his, he had his hand on me. Oh, he was guiding me the whole time. He was protecting me the whole time. And don't miss this. This is what's beautiful. I'll end with this. The beautiful thing about this story is allowing Joseph and Mary to get back to Nazareth is a beautiful picture of restoration. Because when Joseph and Mary left Nazareth, they probably did so with their head down. But when they walked back in, they did it with their head up. When they left Nazareth, they were broke. When they got back, they were blessed. When, when they left Nazareth, they wondered what in the, like how in the world does our life even make sense? When they came back into Nazareth, they were like, we know that God has a plan for our life. I'm telling you, it's a picture of restoration. If there's anything this church is all about, it's seeing people restored to the place and the person that God has called you to be. How did they get there? They listened. They listened. What would it look like if we just carved out the first five to 10 minutes of our day just to listen? To the voice of God. 
God, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know what you're saying. If we just carved out that, what, how, how amazing that he, he will guide us to and through those uncomfortable places. He will guide us away. He, he will fight battles that we, we don't have to fight. And he'll bring us to a place that's greater than we ever imagined. If we'd only listen. So Jesus, right now, I want to ask you, God, on behalf of every single person in this room and watching online, that we would just be willing to listen to your voice. God, you've never gotten it wrong. And you've never led anyone astray. And God, your plans are higher and your ways are greater. When people are out there looking for water from the rock, you, you're bringing honey. And God, God, as we keep looking for you, God, may we keep finding you. As we keep seeing you, may we keep seeking you. And as we, as we, as we believe, God, give us the faith to believe for things that are greater and higher than we could ever imagine, Jesus. Thank you for all that you have in plan. Thank you for all that you have in mind. And thank you that as we, if, if we seek you, we will find. Jesus, thank you so much that your plans are higher and that your ways are greater. Father, I pray for every single person in this room, every single person watching online today. God, that we'll just listen. Heads bowed and eyes closed right now, right where you stand. If God is doing a work in your life, maybe you just need to say, God, whatever you want. God, your ways are higher than my ways and your thoughts are higher than my thoughts and you want immeasurably more. So God, speak to me right now. I want to listen. Just tell him that right now. God, show me your ways. Maybe you're here today and you've never prayed to receive Christ. You never asked Jesus to come in your life. And you know that's the decision you need to make today. You need Christ in your life to guide you. So if, if that's, that's you today and you're here or you're watching online, I wanna invite you to pray with me right now. Just pray in your heart right now. Just pray, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross, rose from the grave, to pay for my sins. And right now, Jesus, I receive you into my life. Come in and take over. In Jesus' name I pray. With heads still bowed and eyes still closed, if you just prayed that prayer, if you just asked Christ into your life, I want you to do me a favor because I want to pray for you. I want you to stick your hands straight up in the air right now. Straight up. Amen, amen, amen. Three, four, five, amen. Hands are all over the room. Amen, hand, keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. Father, I want to thank you for these hands. I wanna thank you for these changed lives. I wanna thank you that you still work. I wanna thank you that you still move. I wanna thank you, Jesus, that you still save people. I wanna thank you, Jesus, that you still lead people. I wanna thank you, Jesus, that your voice is as loud and clear today as it has ever been. We love you. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Now, typically, we'll dismiss but we're gonna do this drawing for this golf cart. Y'all ready for this? Okay. 
This is all Phillips idea, so what we're gonna do, turn it, okay, we're gonna turn it. So there's no, okay, look, I got nothing in my hands, nothing in my hands. Okay, we're gonna reach in, we're gonna, how do you open this thing, Philip? There, there we go. I went to public school. It's not this person. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, just kidding. Brad Jordan. Is Brad Jordan here? Is Brad Jordan here? Brad! No, come up here. I want everybody to see you, Brad. If you don't come up here, I'm gonna tell everybody your cell phone number. Brad Jordan, Brad is coming up here. Y'all give it up for Brad. Come on up, Brad, everybody wants to see you. Everybody wants to see you on the golf cart. Everybody wants to make sure you're real. It's not just. Oh, he's being here. Brad, come on up here. Brad. Is this you, Brad? Is that you? Yes, sir. Congratulations, Brad. You got a golf cart. Y'all give it up for Brad. All the rest of you dads, y'all have to come back next year because we'll give away a Harley. All right, we love y'all. God bless. Y'all have a good one.